Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you today? All right. So today is uh, today's topic. Uh, we finally get about to the topic. Um, this topic is is actually suggested by Sam. Let me see, Sam, Sam. Let's see whether Sam is with us today. Uh, Sam, 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 Sam. Mm. <laughs> and uh, this is the funny thing. Oftentimes, the students who ask for certain topics, when we cover the topic, they will not turn up. And sure enough, <laughs> Sure enough. Uh, well, anyway, um, let's see. Make sure my phone is running out of bed. Never mind, should be enough. Alright, so uh, today's topic is on um, Pure Land. I coined it Pure Mind, Pure Land. Yeah, Sing Sing Guo Tu Sing. Mm. So, uh, Pure Land uh, teaching is found predominantly in the Mahayana tradition. Yeah. So there are different questions that is being brought up. Uh, last week I touched on one of them. Uh, the one question is, uh, where is Pure Land? Oh, Pure Land. So I touched on that, um, and I mentioned about the Pure Amitabha Sutra, where I described that as in the western direction. So I posed the question of uh, what is the what does west mean, yeah, and I mentioned um, the the whole concept of west, that the human concept of west is based on our spherical uh, model or at least our our geographical uh, terra bound, that means earth bound uh, model of west. That if we are very near to the, like anywhere along the, uh, on the globe, as long as we are not in the exact north or south pole, west would actually go ar around the, uh, the, what do you call this? The diameter, yeah. This is the longitude. I think it's the longitude or latitude. Yeah, basically go around the equator. Yeah, in this direction. Um, and then north would always point up. Yeah. But um, if you notice that if we take the tangential, yeah, if you are stand like Singapore, we are near to the equator. And if you are standing up, then effectively you are actually something like that. So if you are facing north, yeah, east and west, so by right west will be tangential to it. <laughs> yeah. So are we referring to the tangential west? If if not, then west can be anything. Yeah. But even if you talk about the tangential west should it be with respect to India or what? 
and since today we know that this, the Earth is rotating, so which point is the is the west west, or is it that you just take Earth with respect to the Sun, but since it's moving around, so where's the exact west? Yeah. So last week I mentioned about some of these difficulties when you want to pin down an exact definition of what it means by west. You know, a bit tricky, a bit tricky. Then I touched on how um, if you were to um, practice and then uh, connect with the teachings, connect with the Dharma, then you see that everything is reminding you of uh, the Dharma. Everything is actually uh, uh, embodying the, the Dharma already. So then effectively we experience what the, the teaching goes Sing Jing Guo Tu Jing. Yeah. Where if you if you connect with the the Dharma, then you see that this place is already pure land. You don't have to seek the external pure land. No. Uh, but there are other questions that uh, Sam brought up which I thought is interesting. No. So I'm gonna read what he wrote. So he asked um, I have a question regarding today's topic which is from two weeks ago on 12 dependent arising, 12 links. If a sentient being is reborn in pure land and definitely not an arahant, will this sentient being still have greed, hatred and delusion in pure land? Uh, if yes, how would this sentient being be exempted from rebirth in the six realms of existence? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so this is a question about the, the principle of pure land. Uh, because rightly speaking uh, if we are if we have we st if we still have the <coughs> if we still have great hatred delusion then what's stopping us from being reborn in samsara and instead in pure land right yeah and so if we look into the teaching of pure land I don't know how familiar you are uh, whether it's Sam or whoever else is watching the video so in the Pure Land teaching, it says that there are, um, being reborn in Pure Land is not simply that uh, a matter of luck or it's not a matter of simply <coughs> your wish or the Buddha's wish. Yeah. So um, in the Pure Land teaching, it says that the the Buddhas they 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 have the vow yeah to provide a suitable environment for individuals to go there, to be reborn there, um, not to enjoy themselves, uh, not to take an escape route, but to go there to practice. Yeah. And then after doing the practice, attain Buddhahood, attain various states of enlightenment, um, and where conditions are suitable, then they can um, continue their practice or uh, you know, uh, appear in the world as a Buddha. Yeah, basically attain Buddhahood. So, um, so then, as part of it, if we take the Western Pure Land, the Amitabha Pure Land, as a um, as an example, it actually lists out certain prerequisites. Yeah. So inside it says, "Putta sao san gan fu de that you cannot be lacking in wholesome roots. 
uh, merits yeah, and conditions. Yeah. If you lack in any of that, then you cannot be reborn in Pure Land. Yeah. Um, and part of which is your aspiration. And most people think of it as the aspiration to be reborn in Pure Land. That's actually just one side of it. Because the whole vow um, is not simply that you want to be reborn in Pure Land, but that <coughs> you aspire to be reborn in Pure Land, not as Anand by itself, uh, but in order to uh, cultivate the Bodhisattva path and to attain the unsurpassed, perfect and equal enlightenment. Yeah. So in other words, you have to evoke Bodhicitta, you have to have the aspiration to attain the, uh, what they call the Anyatula Samyao Samputi. Yeah. Usually shortened as Puti Singh Bodhicitta. Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi. So, in other words, uh, to aspire to be reborn in Pure Land uh, encompasses the aspiration to attain Buddhahood in order to liberate sentient beings. So, that's a complete vow. Uh, but most people just look at the front part or aspire to be reborn in Pure Land. In a way, it's like saying, I aspire to, to go to NIE, to go to NTU NIE. Well, are there people who go to NTU, NIE just to uh, go through the course, be a teacher, but don't be a teacher? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe there are. Yeah, uh, but then that would that would be kind of a self-serving attitude, isn't it? Like you 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 go and train to be a teacher, but don't want to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Like person take a medical degree, but don't want to be a doctor kind of like mm, yeah maybe there are I don't know maybe in our circular case there are people who go for NIE training go through the whole course um, and if they are in bond even break bond pay for it just want to be a teacher but go for teacher training <laughs> maybe maybe there are those who go go and study in a medical course it's pretty tough to get into medicine but they go through the five years and then go through um, the 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 house. Is it called houseman? No. Uh, what do you call that? What is what is a term that they use? That means they are trainee doctors. Yeah. Um, are, are there people who actually go through that whole trouble but actually want to be a doctor? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't say that there's absolutely no. Uh, but in the case of the the Bodhisattva path. Uh, if a person have this kind of thought, I just want to go to Pure Land, but don't want to liberate sentient beings, don't want to attain Buddhahood to liberate sentient beings, then we would say that the aspiration is impure, and wouldn't have enough um, uh, merit, so to speak, to result in a rebirth in Pure Land. Yeah, um, that means that the, the aspiration is tainted. Oh. So, um, it is it, it is said that uh, by the power of this aspiration, this strong aspiration, great aspiration, plus the Buddha's aspiration, um, and then plus conditions at the time of uh, rebirth, then the person may uh, take rebirth in Pure Land. 
and rebirth in Pure Land then depend on the different um, qualities that the person currently have. Yeah, and depending on the quality, there are nine grades of nine main grades of uh, categories. Yeah, so there are those who are Tai Ye Wangsen, and there are those who have already um, become liberated to different degrees, up to even various stages of Buddhahood, or, or no, not Buddhahood, uh, Bodhisattvahood, or even Ara uh, Pachika Buddha, or even uh, Arahanhood, or Anagami, Sakatagami, or even Sotapanna. Yeah, they, they will arise there and then continue that practice until. When we say that they are arahan and then they take rebirth, it's kind of like conflicting, uh, yeah. But in the sutta it says that, and ah uh, yes, thank you, uh, we we housemanship, yes, housemanship, yeah. So, um, it's it's more that they have already reached a state where they are their wisdom is equivalent to an arahan, and then instead of entering paranibbana, they evoke the bodhicitta, so they are reborn in pure land. <coughs> so, uh, will this sentient being still have greed, hatred, and delusion? Uh, for that matter, um, yes. Uh, as long as you are not fully enlightened, you are not arhan yet, you will still have greed, hatred, and delusion. Yeah. So the there is always this question of is pure land part of samsara? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's pure land part of samsara. I would say uh, that there are many uh, masters who, who 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 look at this. There are there are some masters who say that no, it's out of sam samsara, but there are some who say that it's it's equivalent to, like how do I put it? Uh, for example, if you look at um, if you look at the, there are two other instances, like for example in the Tushita heaven, yeah. Uh, in the Tushita heaven, it is said that all the bodhisattvas uh, would be, uh, who all the uh, Buddhas to be potential, potential Buddhas to be, will take the the rebirth there, and then when conditions are right, they will take rebirth as a human and uh, arise as a Buddha yeah so in in that realm um, uh, is technically still in samsara yeah but in the in that uh, area there is no three lower realms <laughs> yeah it's, it's there's no three lower realms um, so does that count as samsara um, Yes, the other one is uh, what Sin Tsao just mentioned about the pure abbots where non-returners get reborn in the... Yeah, that's the other one I wanted to highlight. In the Theravadan tradition, there's this teaching on how third stage anagami, they get reborn in the... Uh, the what they call the five pure abbots, Wu Jing Ji Tian. So in that state, they live in so-called perpetuity until they enter Parinibbana. Yeah. So and while they are there, they don't experience our usual form of suffering. Yeah. 
they are already third stage arahant. So, um, or rather, not not sorry, third stage, huh? third stage anagami. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's also that that similarity between uh, the definition of pure land and the pure abbot. Oh. Uh, so then, the, but still, the question is. Um, how can they be exempted from the six realms of existence, right? So in the Mahana teachings, um, or if you just look at how we are reborn, uh, it's not by chance. Yeah? It's due to karmic imprints arising. So if, if, even though we have karmic imprints, but if they don't trigger, then we cannot be reborn. Ma. So, um, uh, as far as the pure land rebirth is concerned, it's basically uh, based on this: that if your vow, your your aspiration in print is strong enough, then that actually uh, get triggered instead of your six realms in prints. Yeah, it doesn't mean that the six realms, uh, the default seats, seats are just gone. It's still there. And hence, Tai Ye Wang Sen. That means you uh, bring along all your coming in print, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then get reborn there. Yeah? And the specific mechanism is basically that uh, provided at the point of death, uh, your mind connects strongly, solely to your Bodhicitta aspiration. Yeah? Then you take rebirth in pure land, but your seeds are dormant. Just as uh, there are some other teachings that talk about how, like now we are re reborn as human beings, right? Does it mean we don't have seeds for lower realms? No, no, we do have. Yeah. Uh, even those who have committed uh, Abhichi Kama, yeah, those, the five keenest deeds, they have committed, right? So they have seeds. But they don't immediately die and then get reborn in hell. Correct not? Only when they die, when their suitable conditions ripen, then they get reborn there. It is not that you have seeds, you immediately go there. Right? Otherwise you see a lot of bad people just pop uh, popping out of popping into vanishing into thin air. <laughs> yeah. So this mechanism actually um, doesn't go against the classical teachings. It just means that whatever uh, seeds we have, they need to have the, the kindling conditions, the trigger conditions. Yeah. They need the default state of mind to trigger them. Yeah. So as long as the default states are not active, then they don't get triggered. This is also why the first stage, second stage, and third stage uh, don't get reborn in the th in the three lower realms. Doesn't mean that they don't have those seeds anymore. They had those seeds. Um, it's just that once you reach the first stage onwards, uh, you don't connect with the three lower realms uh, to that degree that trigger the past seeds from ripening. You know, 
Uh, so uh, Sam came online. Uh, so Sam, your previous question about like how is it possible that a sentient being uh, can still be reborn yeah, uh, in pure land despite having greed, hatred and delusion. Yeah, so um, I just explained the two, two parts. One is the presence of the seeds. That it is possible to have seeds for certain realms but not be, re re uh, not be reborn there. Oh. Yeah, hello Sam. <laughs> yeah, glad to see you come online because uh, last time in SGC, the <laughs> students who propose certain topics end up not coming for the class. <laughs> mm. So back to this. First thing is the seeds. Um, as uh, mentioned earlier, just because we are reborn as human beings doesn't mean that uh, we don't have seeds of the lower realms already. It just means that while we have those seeds in the uh, immediate previous past life, the seeds for human rebirth was, were more uh, active, they were triggered and we connected with our wholesomeness in the past so those were triggered and uh, we get reborn as human and so if in this life uh, we, we end up although born as a human but we act in very unwholesome ways then those unwholesome seeds become more and more active and if it crosses a certain threshold when we die then those unwholesome seeds would have a higher chance of ripening and if it ripens then we get reborn in lower realms and just because we are reborn in lower realms doesn't mean that we have no wholesome seeds for human and heavenly rebirth and that's how it's possible for hell beings uh, ghost, ghost beings, ghost realms beings and animals to be reborn in a higher realm yeah. while they are reborn in the lower realms they, they may actually have wholesome seeds that were planted way before but never trigger you know? uh, so, so this would, uh, would clarify why it's possible to still have those seeds for samsaric rebirth but not be reborn in the six realms uh, basically they are dormant Oh. Uh, Xing Zhao comment so basically pure landers can only attain to pure land if their spiritual training as humans get to the point where they are stream winners uh, whether they are stream winners or not uh, not necessarily actually um, so so stream winners so we, we must know that stream winners have three three qualities, right? So they remove Sakya Diti, they remove the attachment to the rites and rituals, yeah, basically practices that doesn't contribute to the path. And then they remove doubt. Yeah. What we can say is that um, because of this and their inclination towards the the Dharma, so technically they, they just they they just won't commit or connect with unwholesome deeds uh, strong enough that it triggers the rebirth in the lower realms yeah. uh, the first three stages yeah, beings in the first three stages they, it doesn't mean that they have no more defilements uh. defilements can still arise yeah, can still arise yeah. so then the question is uh, is someone pure landers 
who get reborn in Pure Land uh, necessarily at least to the point of streaminess. From the nine stages of rebirth, the Jioping Wangsen, uh, not necessarily. Yeah. Because if we look at um, two things, the first thing is even prior to, to being a stream winner, uh, there are, there's a stage before stream winner, those who are inclining towards stream winner. They call it Chu Guo Xiang. Yeah. And in the Pali Canon, it talks about two categories one is the Dharma Pharaoh, one is the Fei Pharaoh. The Dharma Pharaoh and Fei Pharaoh have a common uh, quality which is. Uh, they do not act uh, contravene to the teachings. Yeah, they do not act contravene to the teachings, and as a result, they do not um, act in ways that results in the lower realm rebirth. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Hong Sing points out that the two concepts are not related. Yeah, I'm yeah, so I'm trying to explain this this part also. Oh. So, um, so the Dhamma Fera and uh, Fei Fera has these qualities, uh, uh, but they they differ in the sense that the the Dhamma Fera uh, reached this point of conviction in the teachings through understanding, yeah, because they learn the Dhamma, they understand the Dhamma, and because of their understanding, they stop acting in ways that connect with the lower realms, yeah. Body, speech, and mind—they don't. They stop. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that they have totally purified themselves. So they are not arhat yet, and they, in fact, they are not sotapanna yet. But they have enough conviction through their understanding, oh. uh, and because of that, they will stop acting in the harmful ways, and they will also uh, put in strenuous effort and progress towards sotapanna in due time. The faith error is similar, except that. Uh, their conviction comes from faith. <laughs> That's why faith error, not true understanding. Yeah, but because of that faith, they are able to have enough faith, uh, or rather, if a person has enough faith, to the point where it changes their behavior. Yeah, faith in what? Faith in the teachings, not faith in human beings. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you say Sing Sing Ren is faith in the Buddha Dharma Sangha in the precepts. Enough faith that it changes your behavior. So although it's not because of your wisdom that you change behavior, but because of your faith. Yeah. So sometimes when we learn uh, the teachings, we think uh, faith is not important. Yeah. Uh, in Buddhism, faith does play a role, but not as an end by itself. That faith for the faith error uh, is not ordinary one also. It must be enough that it changes your uh, body, speech and mind. Yeah. Your behavior, view is still not purified, yeah, and mind sometimes still have default states arise, but the faith will overcome it, uh, able to overcome it such that they don't go too far off, yeah, uh, and if you are able to do that, then you're known as a faith error, and that faith and conviction will lead you further to practice to penetration into the Dharma, oh. so this is the, so this is even before Sotapanna. Yeah, so then, of course, Sotapanna would not. And based on this, right, it also implies that you don't need to be a Sotapanna to not be reborn in the lower realms. <laughs> yeah, just Dharma, Fera, Wayfarer. So this is directly from the 
Pali Canon. Yeah, for reference, you can look at look at the last three, few chapters inside the book uh, in the Buddha's words. Oh, it's the, it, these are all from the Pali Canon. So then, how about rebirth in Pure Land? Um, again, there's the Xing Yuan Xing, right? Yeah. So there's also the element of faith. But many people think that it's an end by itself. No, cannot. Uh. You must have enough faith such that you have, you have aspiration to really have that pure aspiration, as I mentioned earlier, to be reborn in pure land in order to attain Buddhahood to liberate sentient beings. You know, start the Bodhisattva path training. <laughs> Most people, yeah, you tell them, you want to go pure land? Yes. Want to walk Bodhisattva path? No. Want to go pure land? Yes. Want to learn Dharma? Practice? Do all the hard work? Do one. <laughs> then how? Uh, so, um, there is a bit of disconnect between what people understand of pure land versus what is really the pure land practice. Oh, really what the pure land practice is about. Yeah. So, um, if a person can fulfill all those conditions, yeah, this is the fine print, then yes, uh, you can be reborn in Pure Land while the defilements are still within, but it's just that it's dormant. Yeah, just that it's dormant. Uh, why? Because in Pure Land, there are no, no triggers for the defilements to arise. No. Everything uh, is, is geared towards pointing towards the Dharma. Mm. But the flip side, the interesting flip side, in the Pure Land teaching, it also highlights that if you practice in samsara versus pure, practicing in pure land, guess what? You can attain Buddhahood faster if you practice in samsara. If you manage to practice in samsara, it's faster. <laughs> Whereas if you practice in pure land, it is said that it will take longer. Why? Because in pure land, there's no trigger for anything. So the default states um, no, no opportunities to overcome them. Take for example, if you look at all the mention of the Buddha doing his uh, Bodhisattva practices on the six paramita, especially like uh, paramita like the precepts, la, uh, giving precepts and the uh, uh, forbearance, yeah, like the first three or first four, these, these are mainly practiced in samsara. Yeah. In pure land, everything is too pure. No chance, not, I mean, the practice of giving in a pure land teaching, it says that they will also still do giving, you know. Um, but to give rise to love and compassion, in pure land, no, no opportunities. Yeah. So, in most of the pure land teaching, it says that the Bodhisattvas uh, in pure land, those who are can, like the trainee, uh, they don't stay there in perpetuity, you know. They actually would make trips to samsara, go to different worlds to, to further their practice, yeah, until they ultimately reach Buddhahood, yeah, reach the state where they are ready to be reborn as a Buddha. So not 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 just go there, relax, then enjoy in the lounge and then take a number, okay, tong tong uh, Q number one zero five six eight. Uh, please go to lobby A. Get ready to be reborn as a bodhisattva for rebirth as pure land. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not exactly like that. Huh? Mm.
yeah so um, let me see uh, so Rosie asked can we ex can I explain Jiuping Wang Sen Dai Wang Sen so I I loosely explained the Dai Wang Sen uh, just now Jiuping uh, Wang Sen itself uh, uh, because SGC itself we have we have about one hour yeah so I'm going to choose to answer most of the questions that Sam has brought up and other questions that um, wouldn't take so, mu so much time yeah because Jiuping Wang Sen itself is a whole Dharma series yeah the I mean we can always read through the nine categories and then just call it a day um, but in that case I can just point you the link you know or my teacher also my teacher covered Jiuping Wang Sen uh, in uh, when I was newly ordained uh, over I think and it was very brief actually it was a seven day Nian Fo Qi yeah so every day he'll, he'll give some teaching and it's covering the Jiu Ping Wang Sen oh. uh, so yeah I uh, I can't really explain the Jiu Ping Wang Sen in, to, to give it proper treatment oh, Rosie uh, well next week is one more lesson um, but even for SGC one lesson is insufficient I'd rather have a separate series by itself to cover the Jiu Ping Wang Sen uh, let me see. Let me cover all the questions that Sam asked because his first question was 4th of July. Now it's already two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Um, next part of the question. He says that he's been chanting Amitwazing every evening since his father passed away. So this burning question has been popping up even though I might not be qualified to enroll into the Pure Land. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because. Um, I often describe the Amitabha Sutra uh, as a prospector's guide. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the Amitabha Sutra, um, it describes is is introducing the pure land to uh, samsaric sentient beings. Yeah. And basically telling you, hey, there's this pretty awesome place. It's a training school, uh, except that the skill is of a world system. Yeah. It's not just one place, but it's a world system. And in this world system, you have all the, the various facilities for, for people to, to go there for training. You have the faculty members comprising the, the Buddhas, the Bodhisattvas, the, the enlightened beings of the various uh, categories, yeah? all practitioners. Yeah? So if you go there, best environment for you to learn and practice yeah uh, and uh, but it's not a it's not a free ride uh. <laughs> you need to qualify yeah uh, if we look at the uh, medicine buddha sutra it actually mentioned about this that uh, a person who observes the eight precepts can on basis of that make an aspiration and be reborn in pure land yeah so don't don't look don't think lightly of the one day it precept yeah so his further question i also wonder why most devotees especially the older generation will have this strong belief that as long as they are reborn in pure land there's no more suffering 
but by learning the Dharma, we know that as long as we aren't an Arahant, we will still be in samsara. Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Um, so, as with many things, uh, many people, the, 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 the things they are exposed to can may be mostly superficial, yeah? whether it's religion, technology, uh, anything. <laughs> A lot of, most, most people, uh, unless we spend some time really uh, learning, you know, finding out more, Otherwise, most of the time we are hearing the 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 rah rah, so to speak. Uh. Uh, but on that note, the thing about that if you are reborn in pure land, there's no more suffering. Uh, to a certain extent, it's true. To a certain extent, um, how so? At least during the the duration when they are there doing the practice, there's no suffering. Yeah. Um, in a way, this question is linked to the bigger question of when we uh, first of all, when a person attains arahanthood, um, is he uh, free of all the past unwholesome karmic seeds? What happened to all the seeds? Like, you know. Does it mean that the person, uh, in order for a person to attain arahanthood, you must purify or you must go through all your un unwholesome seeds, have all of them ripen, ripen, ripen until there's no more unwholesomeness? Then you can attain arahanthood. The simple answer is no. Yeah. The simple answer is no. It doesn't mean that a person have to have to experience all the unwholesome seeds then attain arahanthood. In fact, in the Buddha's time, there were cases of um, uh, there were a few cases of uh, the arahants where their unwholesome seeds that were due to ripen actually still ripen. But does it mean that the past ones there's there's basically no more? Not not true. Uh. Yeah, not true. So why? How are they not? A, how are they able to not be reborn? Yeah. Uh, is that their seeds are still there, but they don't connect anymore. Yeah, this is a very important fundamental uh, mechanism. Yeah, the seeds are still there. They just don't connect with them, so it doesn't ripen. Oh. So, um, then does it mean that it's like a get away, you know? It's get away scot-free. I like what my teacher asks, how my uh, teacher bring across uh, she, uh, he, he explained uh, for sentient beings we are always very concerned about uh, the suffering of our actions that means the fruits of our actions we, we don't want to face them we are afraid of facing them yeah. so we look at Buddhism we look at the Dharma as a way for us to escape from that yeah. and in a way it does talk about an escape right? escape from suffering uh, but what is the true escape? What is the true way out? Yeah. Does it mean that the Buddha Dharma uh, gave us a get out of jail free, you know, no consequences? Yeah. So my teacher explained that initially when we practice, we have this mindset. Um, and 
our initial part of the practice does sort of uh, delay or allay the ripening of the unwholesome seeds, yeah, in a way. But at a later stage, uh, that is different. Because the whole point of allaying the ripening is so that we have come enough a state of mind to practice to purify ourselves. Not to simply say, uh, let all those bad things that I've done never ripen, no. But rather, at the later stage when we are spiritually mature enough, we are enlightened. He said, the enlightened beings are not afraid of facing their past karma. Yeah. They gladly face their past karma. When the time is right, they will face it, they, they, they are okay with it. Because they are not attached to all this anymore. And they see that this is the result. Eventually, that is the result. Yeah, no escape. <laughs> the difference is when the enlightened beings um, see the arising of all those, they take that as an opportunity to liberate sentient beings. Yeah, to become a teaching point, to uh, as a as a way to connect with sentient beings to help them. Whereas for us, our our preoccupation is why suffer? Why suffer? <laughs> yeah. For enlightened beings at a later stage, then whether good, bad or ugly, they, they try to transform it into a means for helping sentient beings. Uh, then it's very different. Yeah. So in a way it's true, no more suffering. Yeah. But that's from our point of view, we, we are always thinking about whether we will suffer. The enlightened beings at that point when they reach the higher stage of enlightenment already, then they use the the ripening of the seeds as a way to get in touch with sentient beings. Otherwise, no conditions cannot meet sentient beings. Yeah. Oh. So uh, I hope that answers that part of the question. And his topic, his question was, uh, will suffering end in Pure Land? Uh, in a way, yes. In a way, no. <laughs> yes, because your suffering will not um, have a chance to arise. Um, and when it does arise, you don't suffer over it. Yeah, It's just like when the Buddha was attacked by uh, a venerable Devadatta and a splinter of rock hit him, he don't suffer over it. When he has backache, when he has headache, he don't suffer over it. Yeah? When people come and uh, verbally abuse him, he don't suffer over it anymore. Yeah? For that matter, even when Venerable Angulimala, when he was attacked on the last day of his life, even though he was Arahant, he was attacked and basically left to, left to die. Uh, he didn't suffer, but he was still having this curiosity. Hey, I'm a Arahant, how come this still happened? Yeah. So he went to see the Buddha, and the Buddha told him that the, the unwholesome deeds that he has done in this life, you know, he, he should have and would have been reborn in the lower realms. But because, but, you know, he, he's just experiencing a fraction of it, yeah, to bear with it. Yeah. And then, with that, he, uh, Venerable Angulimala, then entered into Parinibbana. 
Uh, without the king, we burn in the other realms. An unenlightened being would be filled with, with uh, torment, anguish, you know, all kinds of unwholesome thoughts, connecting with the past unwholesome deeds, and then get reborn in the lower realms. So Jenny asks, can I please explain examples that trigger the condition to be reborn in certain realms? Uh, so, just in brief, just now mentioned the human and heavenly rebirth, Wu Jie Shi San, the five precepts, the ten wholesome deeds. Uh, that will uh, allow you to be reborn in the human or the heavenly rebirth. But heavenly rebirth limited to the sensual desire realm. To be reborn in the form world, you need to have attained the jhanas, the four form jhanas, uh, and have stability, yeah, such that when you are about to pass away, you should enter into the jhana, and then from there, the continu mental continuum will, will bring you to be reborn in that state. Similarly for the formless concentration. Uh, the lower realms then basically just don't do the 10 wholesome deeds. <laughs> do the exact opposite, do the 10 unwholesome deeds. Please don't do that. Uh. Uh, then you will be reborn in the lower realms, uh, generally speaking. Is it at the last moments of death, the thoughts that lead a person to be reborn in a certain, into a certain realm? Uh, yes and no. Uh, there's a sutta just, just yesterday over lunch. Uh, was we were hosting uh, Dr. Ng uh, and we were having this chat and this was brought up in one of the sutta the Buddha actually explained to one lay person he was a bit uh, perplexed yeah, because he was uh, he, he uh, visited the Buddha um, then around lunch time he was going off and he was a bit uh, perplexed and he asked the Buddha whether at that point, if he was, if he should leave, and because uh, traffic is heavy, there's all kinds of vehicles going around. You know, it's a busy place. So if he were to leave and then get knocked down uh, in that mental state, will he be reborn in the lower realm? So uh, the Buddha actually advised him that no, yeah, he will not be reborn in the lower realm on account of that. And the Buddha explained with, uh, with uh, an analogy. He said, just as a tree inclining uh, towards a certain direction, if the tree was, were to be cut, you know, chopped off um, prematurely, then where would the tree fall towards? Will it fall towards the, the direction that it has been growing or in the opposite direction? And of course, towards the direction it has been growing, right? So the Buddha said, similarly, you have been inclining towards wholesomeness, yeah, your whole life. So um, the the final death wouldn't just bring you otherwise, yeah. Uh, and that's why the, the the bulk of the Buddhist practice is always about cultivating the wholesome habits. Huh? So um, let me see. Chloe asked, I wonder if the Enlightened beings who get reborn in samsara remember how not to, to be affected by the suffering after rebirth. Would they have the memories that they were enlightened beings? Uh, so it is said that uh, so 
So Tapana, uh, depending on the degree that they are enlightened, um, the those who are at the various stages, they may have the knowledge when they are and they enter the womb. Um, they may have the clarity, and then when they exit the womb, that means they are born, they may still have the clarity or may not, depending on the degree. Oh. Yeah. So for sure, the third stage will have clarity. Yeah. Because third stage, uh, after they are reborn, if you attain third stage in this life, then after you are reborn, you'll be reborn in the pure abode. And at that point, you know that you are enlightened. So they would have the memory, have the memory of that enlightenment. You know? mm. So uh, that seems to be all the questions we have for today. Yeah. And to uh, so some of those questions like the Jioping Wang Sen, which I mentioned in passing. Uh, if you all like, maybe you all can uh, like that comment. And if there's enough, uh, if there's enough, you know, uh, interest in that, we can actually open a series on that. Uh, but that will be after the rains retreat. Okay, uh, next week will be the last lesson for SGC for this period. August, September, October, I'll be stopping all classes for my own. Uh, uh, practice and having my own uh, rains retreat uh, so then after that we'll see how okay uh, and to wrap up the the session uh, those who are interested please uh, click on that uh, roses okay five six percent has just clicked like on it <laughs> so I think I don't have to tell you anymore uh, you all should be able to um, see her comment no. Um, to wrap up the, the, the today's session, uh, I want to share that uh, share this encounter I have some years back. So there was a time I was invited to this Buddhist center, a uh, Chinese Mahana center, and uh, the the devotees there. Uh, predominantly practice Pure Land Buddhism. So in one of the talks, I asked them, uh, what do they all practice? Yeah, that means what is the, is the school or practice that you all do on a frequent basis? Yeah, so a couple of them do meditation. Uh, most of them do Pure Land practice. Then others chant different sutras. So then I asked them like um, how long they have been chanting uh, Pure Land, yeah, Amitabha, Buddha, the Pure Land Sutra. So it varies. Some of them have been chanting for, for like one over year, some two, three years, some five years, some ten years, some even twenty odd years, yeah. So then I asked them, um, is there a difference? And they, they were all like, ah, yeah, I asked them, uh, between chanting and not chanting, is there a difference? Some of them said, not their head, some of them look confused, yeah. So I told them, um, if chanting, doing your chanting, yeah, regardless to me, regardless of whether it's chanting Buddha's name, 
and regardless of whichever Buddha's name it is, or chanting the Pure Land Sutra, whether it's Western Pure Land, Eastern uh, Medicine Buddha Pure Land, or you recite the, the, the other sutras, uh, if there are no differences, if you have been practicing for at least three to six months or a year or two, and despite the, the chanting, if there's no difference, I ask them, then <laughs> why what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Hmm. When I say is there a difference, perhaps I should clarify. Um, is there a difference in any way whatsoever? Yeah. Because change changes in our body, speech and mind may take a while. But at least is there a change in your awareness? Yeah. If there's no changes, then, you know what I mean? When we do practices, it is for some changes, purification, improvement, right? We are trying to cultivate. Cultivation is about change, ma. So if we do our practices, but it doesn't change, then... Now, I'm not here to, to judge anyone to say, oh, how come you only change so little? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. But there should be some changes over time. Yeah, over time. So I, I suggest to them that, you know, when you, let's say, chant, do your chanting, um, don't just chant mechanically. Yeah, chant really conscientiously, really mindfully. Initially, when we do our practices, we always do it that way. We do it with alertness, with clarity, we know what we are doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we put in uh, good amount of effort. The trouble is, after a while, when we chant for a certain duration, we are familiar with the verse, we are familiar with the sutra, then we can do a lot of things while doing chanting. Our mind can be thinking about 101 things and we can't do our chanting. Yeah. We can you can chant Tao Su you know, but Yoko Sing. Yeah, then there's always this joke about, you know, all the Ama while chanting and then still can score the grandkids, you know, very vigorously and then continue chanting. The the hands still going away and then still scolding people or doing all kinds of things uh, and then the hand is still going around. Uh, not to criticize anyone, this is not for for pointing fingers, but more about highlighting. Um, instead of uh, doing an intellectual uh, inquiry into whether pure land is like this or like that, why don't you put it to the test? Yeah, And for those who have faith and are practicing it, don't just practice it with faith, but really practice it for efficacy. So what do we mean by that? It means while you are doing your chanting, use it to hone your awareness and mindfulness. When we chant the Buddha's name, our mind, our body and speech is supposed to be connected with the Buddha's name, such that the moment there is any three thoughts, we are aware. And if you practice in this way, how different is this from Satipatthana? Isn't it? And then at the later stage, 
the recitation, because whenever we recite the Buddha's name, the name itself is linked to qualities. Yeah? Then it is Buddha Nusati. You are, when, just by reciting the name, you are recollecting the whole of the Buddha's qualities. Then it becomes recollection of the qualities of the Buddha. Except that you don't chant Itipiso, Bhagava, Araham, Samma, Sambuddha. And even when you chant that, if you just chant as a protective verse, <laughs> you are shortchanging yourself. You are supposed to recollect those qualities. And from those qualities, then there's two parts, the practice and the results. So you are imbuing yourself with wholesomeness. But not just that. At the later stage, then, when you recollect these qualities, you are asp making aspiration. And not just that, then you are recollecting, you are observing how, or you are reflecting on how, these qualities are not innate. These qualities are empty in nature also. That they arise because of the practice. Condition, results. Condition, results. So the, the qualities are also dependent arising, is empty in nature. Then in this way, you connect with the ultimate reality, emptiness. Ah, then from, from the early stage of just words, name, towards the qualities, towards the, the Dharma, the principle, ultimate reality. Yeah. Then, then chanting Buddha's name, that's why they say chanting Buddha's name encompasses all the practices. But not if you just chant Yoko Wu Sing. Yeah. Uh, but not easy. Uh. <laughs> not easy. Uh. So if you can do that, gradually over time, your body, speech and mind will transform. Just as the, the Dharma Pharaoh and the Fei Pharaoh, they have enough conviction in the teachings that it leads to a transformation. And when that happens, I tell those uh, devotees at that center, you don't have to actively ask your, your sunnah, your grandchildren to attend the puja. You don't have to go around trying to get your family, your friends to go with you. They will observe the transformation in you and they will want to know what happened. They want to know eh, what led to this change in Amma or Akong or you for that matter. They want to know. And they, when you tell them, oh, it's because I have been chanting Amitabha, oh, then they have faith. You don't have to explain so much. <laughs> yeah. And that's one way to practice Pure Land and to realize Pure Land in the here and now. Not, not until you die. Yeah, don't have to wait until you die. Oh. Okay, uh, let me see. Okay. So, let's all practice the Pure Land practice in this way. Yeah, to experience the Pure Land teachings in the here and now and to realize Pure Land here. Amitabha. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Chu Fan Nao. Yuan De Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Liao. Pu Yuan Zhi Zhang Xi Xiao Chu Shi Shi Chang Xing Pusa Dao. Amitabha.